0: A day like today in the grain markets is much easier to take than last Friday. Today felt like the market did something to turn off the selling. But there's still a long ways to go before the markets prove a low has been established. Live cattle erased early losses, lean hogs were mixed, and cotton futures jumped right back on the rally train to start a new week.
1: Live from Maze's Moderately Maniacal Monday via Farm Journal broadcast. This is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Darren Fry from Water Street Solutions. Later, Carrie Artek from ArtekAdvisory.com. And directly following the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie.
0: All right, Davis. Hey, man. Yeah. Not a bad start to the week, dude. Mm-hmm.
1: Not at all. Not at all.
0: No, no. Uh, I think when I look at that corn market is where I want to be most impressed. Yeah. But wheat did a nice job moving off the lows. It, soy Complex did close on the plus side of Unchanged. So lots of positives to take from it, including that we have touched 70 degrees just outside the bunker. <laughs> that is
1: outstanding, sir. How do you like it?
0: Oh, there is there is legitimate warmth mm-hmm. to the breeze mm-hmm. when you walk out. It just it, it and it changed, of course, from this morning. Yes. But I walked out over the noon hour and it hit me, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, yeah, what is going on here?" Yeah, just legitimately warm. Yeah. You
1: got your you got the flaps open in the bunker.
0: I do. Attaboy. I do.
1: Me too. Yep. Me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can hear the breeze blowing out there and everything right now. Got the leaves blowing around out on the patio. It's it's ah. uh, it's springtime here in the bunker.
1: I love it. I love it. <laughs> Very All sunshiny right. and uh, pleasant here in the city of Fountains today as well. Just a little yeah, warmer good. than than y'all up there north, but uh, you know we're we're right in there.
0: We're in the ballpark. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 We got Darren Fry on the show today. Yeah, we do. Uh, we'll get some perspective on just what today means. You don't want to read too much into it. Mm-hmm. Today was a whole lot better than following through to the downside, but mm-hmm. let's not get let, let's let's not get too excited about what is happening in the markets. Let's try to put some perspective on it and, and uh ease into this talk that uh, the markets are trying to put in some kind of a what what do you call it? Winter or spring low. I don't even know. Weather's got me that confused.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a confusing time. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Let's get to the news.
1: May soft red winter wheat futures opened fractionally higher today, then dipped to test support at the 560 level. The market showed respect for that support, triggering a round of short covering and a rally to close near session highs. May hard red winter wheat futures posted an outside trading day with a mid-range open and a high-range close to set the stage for a short covering rally. Export inspections of wheat in the weekend of February 22nd totaled 482,000 metric tons. That was at the high end of trade expectations. Trade sources also indicate South Korea purchased nearly 86,000 metric tons of U.S. wheat over the weekend. July HRW wheat futures eight and one half cents higher, 5.66 and one half. July SRW wheat up seven cents to 5.77. July spring wheat closed at 6.57 and three quarters. Up five and three-quarter cents. So long, March contract. We're on to July, Chip.
0: We're on to the Julys. That's right. Um, some demand is sneaking back into the wheat market. I'm Ooh. not saying that that was enough to really get us a, a big rally in the in, in the wheat market today, but mm-hmm. it sure didn't encourage selling. That was good.
1: Well, the weather trend in Argentina and in Mato Grosso, Brazil, is pointing to drier conditions in the 10-day outlook. With nearly three-quarters of the safrina corn crop planted, traders are paying closer attention to the weather again. And the risk of increasing crop stress should limit selling interest. Inspections of corn for export in the weekend of February 22nd totaled 1.242 million metric tons. That topped trade expectations. May corn futures posted an outside trading day with a low range open and a close near session highs. May corn futures eight cents higher, 4.21 and one half. July corn up seven and one half at 4.33 and three quarters. December corn futures closed at 4.57. That's up seven and a half today, Chip.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to watch that Safrina corn crop weather now. I think that's that's going to be a focus for the market. It, it, well, it's got to be. It's got to be a focus for the market going forward.
1: Ag Rural cut its Brazilian bean crop estimate 2.4 million metric tons to 147.7 million metric tons. The consulting firm says the Brazilian bean crop is 40% harvested. That's ahead of last year at this time when just one-third of the crop was harvested. Traders say the drier trend in the 10-day outlook for Mato Grosso and Mato Grosso de Sul helped to limit selling in grain and oil seed futures. Export inspections of beans in the weekend of February 22nd totaled 975,000 metric tons in line with trade expectations. May beans spiked support at Friday's low before recovering to close fractionally above the opening range. May beans, three and a half cents higher today, 11.45 and a quarter. July up four cents, 11.55 and one quarter. November beans closed at 11.29 and three quarters. Chip, that one's down a half cent today.
0: Yeah, Yeah, some help from the product markets. May soybean meal today up 60 cents a ton, and May bean oil was up 42 points.
1: July cotton's off to a good start this week, up 106 points, 93.68. On your livestock's live cattle futures opened solidly lower and then spent the rest of the day erasing losses to end with slight gains. April fat cattle 20 cents higher, all told 188.10. The June contract up 22 and a half to 184.10. April feeder futures down 107 and one half to 258.90. And on the snout side, April lean hogs gapped lower, firm to fill the gap, then fell back to post a mid-range close. April hogs 92 and a half cents lower, 86.27 and a half.
0: June contract up 47 and one half to 99.85. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Hey, Jack. How's it going?
2: It's going great. Beautiful day here in Chicago. I'm
0: sure you're having one out there in Iowa, too. Absolutely.
2: And uh, boy, it's hard to believe it's still the end of February, isn't it? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it certainly is. I saw guys putting anhydrous down yesterday. So. It, it's, I can uh, believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things are things are moving ahead, no doubt. What'd you make of that comeback in the corn today? Looked pretty good.
2: Yeah, it, did, it sure did. And of course, that's been the most uh, oversold of the market uh, between the corn and the beans. The corn's really been taking it in the uh, in the back end here for a long yeah. time, and to see it turn, but to see it turn around, getting ready for uh, deliveries, was was uh, just showed how how big the speculative selling has been and how little interest there is on the part of producers of, uh, selling into this, uh, most recent sell-off. It's going to take, it's going to take more than just a five or 10 cent rally to get these guys interested in selling. So that was an interesting thing to find out as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It, it, it uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going to move more corn out of the bin, but f- first things first, right? First things is, Let's get the funds to stop selling. And today's the kind of day that at least can start that process, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're, we're shifting into a new month. You know, we um, yeah. uh, March goes into delivery this week, and we're going to be uh, dealing with May. And that, changes, that should change the attitudes here a little bit. Now, now we're going to be focusing uh, as much on Brazil south america generally as we are on what's going on here in the u.s and the crops down there um at least the soybeans we know are in bad shape and the corn by then by uh, the time we get to may could be in equally in bad shape yep. by uh, dry conditions up north
0: yep yep good stuff jack thanks buddy we'll talk to you next week okay great all right that's jack scoville price futures group coming up next darren fry water street solutions right here on agritalk
3: go on the offensive against weeds with antares complete from helena antares complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses with a balanced premix of three herbicides antares complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster more vigorous start to the season Take a tactical first strike against weeds. Protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more.
4: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on Agritalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG.
0: Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip. Glad that you're with us on this uh, Monday. Monday afternoon. Uh, Monday afternoon of Commodity Classic. So we, uh, Big Apple Joe and I will be in Houston later this week. We'll be bringing you coverage, uh, five shows, five shows coming to you from Commodity Classic this week. So looking forward to getting down there, having some conversations, talking with some of the leadership of the commodity groups and uh, uh, checking out what the priorities are of those in attendance there at Commodity Classic. All right, Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions, is our guest analyst today. Darren? Darren? Welcome to AgriTalk, my friend. How are you?
6: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. It's been a while since we've talked, but yeah. uh, what a great day out there. Hitting 70 degrees here in a lot of places in the Midwest.
0: Yeah. Yep. We've got the 70 right now. I got the window open. Every now and then a warm breeze blows in the bunker. It is uh, it is pretty incredible. It's a Feb 26th that I'm going to remember. That is for sure. For sure, for sure.
6: So, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna dip down here in a couple of days, but it's right back up. It looks like this warms yeah. upon us here for less, at least the next few weeks.
0: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, okay, how excited should a guy get about today's action in the corn market?
6: You know, the corn market had a really good close. I mean, it's been beat up the most out of any of the markets. Uh, really, getting the bearish sentiment to. Uh, A high level, just nobody has any hope of a rally and concerned about not only old crop values that are left in the bin, but also new crop and and opportunities there. But what we ended up having today was a couple key reversal patterns on the charts. If you look at the May contract, we had a Mm -hmm. bullish engulfing candle pattern on the Japanese candles. So that's a decent reversal pattern. Uh, It could mean that uh, we have some ups here coming. But also on an open high-low close chart, we had a double key reversal outside bar combination. So a very strong day um, after being lower uh, and then giving up uh, on those sellers and turning the market around. It's a positive close. We need to see follow-through, and we really need to see yep. May corn get over critical resistance at 435. Yep. If it does that, maybe we have a bottom in place until later in summer.
0: Okay. Okay. The chart patterns or signals that you were just talking about, don't ignore those. Um, those, Those have proven to be good indicators in the corn market in particular in the past, haven't they?
6: Yeah, they have. I mean, anytime you get either one of those or both of those, yeah, uh, in a daily close like this, um, you should see follow through to the upside. This should yep. mean that the selling uh, comes off the market some, and we should see short covering, uh, maybe even some nibbling down here by people who need to buy some some you know needs for their you know you end users. And then, of course, we need to see follow through beyond just a day or two. We need to see the market really then start breaking critical resistance level. But this could be something you look back on a week or two uh, from now and say, yeah, that was the low.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's how long it will take. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me if we break away from this low for a period of time, set back and test it again, and then lock in some kind of a low. But this was constructive. Um Shouldn't should, not, should yes. not be ignored now. If all of a sudden tomorrow we get a high volume day, blow right through today's low, close below it, then everything's off. Uh you you just uh oh, of course. You ne- Yeah, you negate anything bullish that that happened in today's market. But um this is the kind of thing i for a long time, Darren, on the show I've been I've been I shouldn't say a long time, but three weeks. I've been asking, what's going to get the funds to quit selling? And the answer that I was looking for for, for a while and never really got it, so I thought, well, maybe I'm crazy. But I, I think the answer is losses on some of those short positions, the latest short positions that the funds have got. Once you, once they start to lose a little bit of money on a, on a new short, it's not nearly as much fun putting on another new short, and um,
6: that's right.
7: We, we
0: we may have gotten to the point that we we can uh, we can say this is the first signal that the funds are are not as excited about selling as they were last week at this time.
6: Well, in addition, this is the shortest they've been on all time. You know, we know their limits are greater, so they can sell more. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're going to wait for a 25-cent bounce and sell it back into the ground. I mean, that's possible. Yep. But I would say uh, a catalyst in addition to that is the, the weather in South America is going to be important for this saprina crop. And as they plant it at a record pace, really, uh, because they're coming, the beans are coming off at a pretty record pace. I think they're 75% done in Mato Grosso. And so if you take a look where the saprina corn's grown, it's, it's not only drier than 16 But it's the forecast is for drier, warmer, drier weather coming. And if you remember that 15, 16 year, that 16 Suprina crop was off about 20 percent, I think 22 to be exact. And we have a similar, you know, dryness of the profile going in and and a similar pattern with that being a very good analog here. So time will tell, but that could be the catalyst that really gets the funds nervous. If a drought uh, is going to reduce, you know, 5, 10, 15 million metric tons of second crop corn down in Brazil. Yeah. So it could get interesting here. And today's action uh, could be just the start of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it could actually turn into a little bit of additional demand for U.S. corn, whoo, man, then <laughs> then we can really get excited about <laughs> this, huh?
6: No, that's right. You know, one of the things that you and I have shared back and forth in emails is things might not be as bearish as they appear. And yeah. and what I mean by that is, you know, you look at the balance sheet on corn domestically here, it's at the high end of the ranges. We're 15% stocks to use. There's no shortages. So we don't have anything to be excited about. But if you look at the world numbers, excluding China, taking China out, you just look at the world numbers, we're toward the low side of those numbers. And if you end up losing five, 10, 15 million metric tons out of Safrina, which is possible, uh, given the weather patterns down there, given where they're starting, uh, then you're really tight on the world balance sheet. So that could certainly help us get some more demand, uh, as we enter this April, May, June timeframe, before Safrina corn comes back online for the export side.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, we, I want to talk about the fundamentals that are in the market. And we've, we're, we're starting down that path with the supply side uh, off the South American crop. But take me back to the annual Ag Outlook from USDA. Was there anything in, in the the balance sheets that we got from the Ag Economist's office that made you scratch your head, made you think, yep, that's really smart? Was Anything that caught your attention?
6: you know, not really. I mean, the numbers yeah. were pretty bearish across the board and, and they typically are. Um, the, but the way I look at the outlook look for them. It's a good starting point, um, but they don't have the best history. Nobody does predicting what the outcome will be months and months ahead of the final harvest. Right. And so, you know, it's a good starting point, but hey, there's a lot of things that got to play out and we don't know all those things when it, it you know, uh, you know, filters into the demand or the supply side. So, We'll see, it's, it's kind of got the bearish things dialed in. And I think the biggest fundamental is the dollar has been fairly strong. And that has kept okay. these funds in a deflationary mode. And, and the dollar has been strong enough, You know, the feds have held off on cutting interest rates now, probably till June. And this has allowed the, the funds to continue to press the pedal on the short side. And so I think if we see any change in the dollar or the feds position, uh that could be also something that really helps corn and soybeans and wheat out because we know that anytime the dollar's strong exportable goods even energies and we export a lot of crude now uh that's going to be hard on us for that uh competitive market out there that we're trying to you know compete with so the dollar is a big deal i think chip
0: interesting interesting you know just the with with the at, with the impact that it's having on the, on the funds attitudes, that makes a lot of sense to me, uh, Darren. And and uh, it's got me thinking about a couple of other things, you know, as far as money flow goes right now, the, the dollar and the, the, the expectations around interest rates still got money flowing onto the equities, right?
6: Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, the equity markets are strong and probably going to remain strong and, and uh it's it's obvious now why that's happening but i would say that uh that most of us including myself um i wasn't bullish after last august in stocks and then after they kept going kept going i had to turn back to the bullish side just because of some of these things that did not happen with the feds and the feds sent kind of that signal that we're going to cut and and the bond market price in like five or six rate cuts you know for this year that's not happening as the Fed right. once thought in December.
0: Right. Okay, we gotta take a break. We're talking with Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions, here on AgriTalk.
1: Let's go to the markets page at ProFarmer.com and check today's closes. Where July HRW wheat futures were eight and one half cents higher, five sixty-six and one half, July SRW wheat up seven cents to five seventy-seven. May corn futures were eight cents higher, four twenty-one and one half. July corn up seven and one half to 4.33 and three quarters. Hey, there's the December contract, 4.57. That's up seven and a half today. May soybean futures, three and a half cents higher, 11.45 and a quarter. July beans up four cents, 11.55 and one quarter. July cotton, 106 points higher today, 93.68. On the livestock side, April fat cattle were 20 cents higher with one eighty-eight ten. April feeder futures down dollar seven and one half cents. Two fifty-eight ninety, and April Lean Hog features ninety-two and one half lower all told at eighty-six twenty-seven and one half. Get more market news every market day. Try ProFarmer.com.
5: My mom has got a new case i tractor, and it can do it all. Bale hay all day, see in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements, Ship like a race car, steer with ease, and it can also cool my juice box yeah her case ih tractor can do everything she needs it to looking
3: for a tractor that can do it all
5: check out caseih.com
3: go on the offensive against weeds with Antares, complete from helena
1: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The truth is hard to come by these days,
0: unless you listen to Agritalk. Welcome to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip. Glad that you are with us. Uh, We are in the middle of a conversation with Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions. Uh, We were talking a little bit about the balance sheets that we saw from USDA, at the end of the last segment let's just go to the acreage numbers here uh darren 91 million planted on corn that would be down 3.6 million from year ago then on soybeans 87.5 would be up 3.9 million from uh from a year ago what's your thoughts on those
6: For a starting point, what I'd like to see is what we do in the Mid South, the Delta area, because we know cotton has come up in value. We know that rice has, uh, as well as uh, a lot of people are looking at peanuts down there because of the return to their investment. And so I think you got some competitive crops that might take some acres down there. A million or two million acres could. Uh, be absent from corn and soybean. And then, you know, in states like North Dakota, for example, where we add acres sometimes when prices are right, we have things like navy beans, pinto beans, black beans, uh, pink beans, things like that, peas, that can be a go-to in the case of how depressed prices are. And prices have come down in this insurance setting period in February to the point that maybe they've discouraged some corn and bean acres. We'll have to wait and see. But um, certainly the job of the market is to stimulate demand and reduce acres. Mm-hmm. And maybe we've done some of that with some competitive crops taking some of these acres away.
0: Okay. That 178.5 combined, uh, that would be at USDA's numbers, the 91 corn, 875 uh soybeans 178.5 combined very similar to what we had a year ago i i've been of the opinion that we would stick close to that but corn would be closer to 92 soybeans closer to 86 um you're making me think with some pretty logical stuff there darren that maybe 178 isn't the number that we should be targeting. Maybe that number is a 177.
6: You know, it could be, I, am not ready to go there. I kind of want to see what happens here as we get in further into March and we start April, because I I do think that prices of cotton will have a lot to do with this. Uh, We've seen swings of a half a million, million, even a million and a half acres in the mid South before uh, obviously that will rob corn acres, uh, rice and, and penis will rob bean acres. And if you take a look at what the demand is for those products and what the supply is, because balance sheets on rice and cotton here domestically are kind of middle to low end of the range, and they're both on the low end of the range on the world balance sheets. So we might get a few more acres that robs us down there. I think the people in North Dakota are just trying to figure out, how they make corn and soybeans work compared to some of these specialty crops, and so we could see you know a few hundred thousand acres here or there get leaked out. So maybe one seventy eight and a half is high when it's all said and done. We'll have to hmm. see.
0: Yeah, interesting, interesting because boy, we 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 like to think that it matters, you know, just how many acres are planted, and in reality, in the big picture. There are years where, yeah, it matters, but if it's if it's a million plus minus on corn, that won't have that much of an impact. This year, it has an impact because if 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 it does get to 92, ninety two, ninety two and a half, it gets a whole lot easier to you know write a story that's that's priced negative right up to the middle of summer. But if we're sitting at ninety one. Oh, yeah. 90 and a half something like that all of a sudden it's not that it's not that easy to tell the negative story anymore is it well no
6: especially like if if safrina here over the next couple months loses 10 million metric tons we have a little bit smaller acreage there's still a battle with the weather guys on when el nino is going to move to la nina obviously the later it does it the better our crops going to be here in the u.s in the northern hemisphere But if it if it if it arrives a little earlier and some people are forecasting that, then, you know, we could have problems with our growing season. Now, I'm not talking about a severe problem, but, hey, there's a big difference between a 182 yield and a 174 yield, especially if demand is a little bit higher and acres have been cut a million acres. Uh, That will matter.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, You know, these the the prices that we've got available right now and i'm thinking about the new crop markets in particular it it uh it does set the market up for some unexpected uh variables as we get into oh, the yes, spring oh yeah it sure does and i think that's what i hear you talking about is you know low prices hurt it, it, we got to we got to recognize that
6: Yeah, low prices are hurting the U.S. farmer. Um, They're killing the South American farmer. Um, Now we've had some really good years leading up to this, but this is not a good scenario if prices stay down. And I think that's the fear of the marketplace is we're not going to get an opportunity to sell higher prices. Everything's so bearish and uh, there's just no hope. And it's very dark here ahead of uh, the crack of dawn, let's say. But I do think that with the funds position, uh, if we see the feds come in here in June and cut interest rates, we see some macro things continue to improve as China does some stimulus, acres are a little smaller, demand's a little bit better, yeah, we're probably not going to get to $6 corn, but could we get back to five and a quarter for new crop values? Absolutely. Maybe even higher than that. It'll just depend on all of these inputs and how they factor in. But certainly a guy's got to look for higher prices to sell in my opinion
0: okay so th- that brings up a couple of ideas number one on new crop marketings what kind of a when you have a conversation with a with a grower right now talking about new crop marketings what do you talk about
6: well i think you have to wait until you get a rally i think there's going to be a lot of resistance between 5 and 520 the farmer as as normal and i'm not you know don't hear that as a negative anybody listening to this but but we get so wore down think about it we get so wore down and we say things like we ever get back to 480 or 5 dollars i'm selling everything yeah. and usually what happens after that is something better and um, so, yeah, you can sell everything at 485. I think resistance in new crop corns more in that 510 to 5 and a quarter area, and then in new crop soybeans, that's going to be into that clear up to you know 1250 even. Uh, so could we see a dollar quarter rally? Nobody can see it, but yeah, it can happen. And you need to be taking action there, but you should be looking for backoffs to make sure if things are changing, you protect your upside. Because having everything sold out, those levels might or might not be a good thing in the end, and therefore, upside coverage might be necessary.
3: Right,
0: that upside coverage—you know, it, it, some 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 don't like to do it because they feel like they're trying to fix a wrong, uh, you know, fix a mistake. But to me, it's just flexibility. You got to be willing to take a look at that, right?
6: You're absolutely right, Chip. I like that word, flexibility. I mean, uh, there isn't many businesses out here where you can make a decision and then go undo it when the information uh, changes yeah. that you made that previous decision on. And and call options, upside uh, buybacks, th- those allow for that. And I think back no longer than, than farther than four years ago, 2020, a lot of people sold all their corn and 21 corn for under four and a quarter. And and then look what happened. And that refusal to buy that back cost a lot of people a lot of money. And things really changed. And when they change, you have to change with it. And right now, it's bearish, bearish, bearish. But at some point, things could look a little bit more positive than they do today.
0: Okay. So the other thing that the thought that, that you triggered in my mind here is when, when it comes to looking forward to the next South American crop, the next Brazilian corn crop and Brazilian bean crop. My attitude for the last several years has been, you know, whatever last year's acres were, it's it's, you know, add on to last year's acres. The expansion is going to continue. It's going to continue. Is it is it going to continue in this kind of an environment?
6: I would say, you know, that that trend is your friend and it will probably continue over the next decades to come. Right. But this year might be a little bit different as we come into their next growing season. I'm thinking one of the big differences could be if we flip. I mean, we talked a little bit about El Nino moving to La Nina in our growing season. But I don't think you have to look too far to find a lot of folks on the weather side that that would say, hey, if we flip into full blown La Nina again, uh, that won't be great for Argentina and southern Brazil. And that's where the yield losses got us a couple years ago when southern Brazil was so bad. They need more rain down there and they, they didn't get the rain they needed. And that's when that crop was off more than what even this year's crop being dry up north mm-hmm. is off. So um, kind of what I'm thinking is, is, hey, maybe acres aren't as big down there next year, but maybe weather isn't as favorable next year. And we gotcha. gotta see how that transition from El Nino to La Niña happens because that could be why corn at five dollars isn't the thing to sell all of it. It could be that as we get into South American growing season, we see upwards of more like five fifty to six because they have a problem. And I think yeah. we can't discount that.
0: Interesting. Boy, if we do make that transition and get some stressful conditions in it'll be interesting to see who reacts first whether it's speculative money in the market and getting onto the long side or if it's going to be the importers that react first and, and get some coverage on with some some u.s corn and soybeans it'll because it's boy you want to talk about uh, learning to be patient we learned it last year great stuff darren thank you so much buddy thank you you hey, bet darren Fry. you Appreciate bet it. water street solutions all right, Carrie Artek is next.
5: My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bale hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car. Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com.
3: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds. Protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more.
4: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk.
0: Welcome back. A lot of good things to think about in that conversation with uh, Darren Fry. Some some stuff that's a little counter to things that we've been talking about on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, maybe things aren't quite as bearish as what we thought they were. Hey, take a look at this. And yeah, it, I enjoy those conversations.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. I enjoy those. Yep, yep. That, that was good. That was good. All right, Carrie Artak, Artak Advisory joins us right now. How you doing, Carrie? Oh, we need a little carry. Oh, it's gonna work. Gonna work on getting Carrie in yeah, here. Yeah, work he's... on this real quick. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't Kerry. That was Big Apple Joe right there. Joe. Sure yeah. was. So, uh, But we will get him in here in just a second, I'm sure. Let's try can, again. And get an update on here. what's going on in the the charts. Hey, Kerry, what's up?
7: Hey, Chip, how's it going? I didn't hear any of that. I just uh, just came on, so I'm ready to
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, if you would like to get a two-week free trial of Kerry's daily service, Go to rtacadvisory.com. That's A R T A C advisory.com and get signed up. Um, Carrie, I think you were going to start us with May Corn, right?
7: That's right. Yeah, I've been mentioning on your show now for uh, a number of weeks since we broke 460 half back in early January that we've got a 412 and a quarter to 417 and a quarter area objective that we've been testing now. Uh, The May contract, we just rolled out of March to May. We put out a new low at 408 and three quarter. Uh, just today, but we certainly closed right back above that 4.12 and a quarter to 4.17 and a quarter region. Unless we close the week below 4.12 and a quarter, this market I think is, a you know, there's a bottoming process that is occurring over the next three to five weeks. 4.47 half is expected, and we could, over the next month or two, rally up to 4.65 even. Now, both of those upper levels are channel structures that are dropping on a week-by-week basis, so they change a little bit every week, but at this point in time 447 half three to five week target, possibly uh, you know by the end of April, early May we could see 465 even okay. where we could top out through the rest of spring into early summer. 465 even would be a significant uh, upward pivot point as we move into summer trade the summer rally could then play out if you will with the settlement above 465 even. Now for the downside, if we mm-hmm. close below 412 and a quarter, that out just maintains the sort of continued heavy price erosive Dynamic that we've seen play out now for many months 388 half then likely within three to five weeks and over the next two to three months 343 and a quarter so 412 and a quarter to 417 and a quarter meaningful base of support we're testing it we're above it this market uh, the path of least resistance right now as far as I can see is upward holding above 412 and a quarter on to May soybeans Uh, Once again, I mentioned uh, in early January, a long-term sell signal, a three to five-month sell signal when we close below a three-year channel bottom that's presently well above the market at 12.68 and a quarter. We close today at 11.45 and a quarter, so we're well on our way to reaching our three to five-month downside objective I've been outlining at 10.90 even. In fact, once again, we rolled from the March to the May contract over the last few days, and 12 and 12.47 and a quarter, two cents above present price levels in the May contract is a meaningful ceiling of resistance for the May contract, below which that 10.90 even three to five month objective, which we're a full two months into now, should be realized over the two, next two to three weeks. 10.90 even long-term support, able to contain broader market soybean selling pressures uh, through spring and even through the rest of the year, perhaps. Now, if we close today above i'm sorry t- any day this week i should say above 1247 and a quarter good low for the week and over the next 2 to 3 weeks we can rally up to 1190 half where we can top out through the month of march and it would be a settlement above 1190 half where i would expect full recovery back to that 1268 and a quarter long term resistance area over the following 3 to 5 weeks uh, but we are heavy into march okay. below 1247 and a quarter that 10.90 even long-term target in reach now over the next few weeks. And finally, April feeder cattle. We rolled from March to April. I've also been mentioning how over the last couple of months, we have this 267.07 long-term target to the upside. We closed 258.90 today. Mm -hmm. 267.07 is that 28-year channel top that we tested in September. And once we tested it, we fell viciously back to the December low. We're in reach of it again now, 267.07. Over the next couple of weeks, we could test it. And it can contain buying through the rest of the year. If we close above 267.07, which I don't see this week, 281 even becomes our next two to three month target, where once again, we find long-term resistance. Finally, to the downside, 245 even, if tested over the next few weeks, can contain selling through March and above, which 267.07 still remains a three to five week objective. If we close below 245 even, we've got a good high through spring. I would expect over the next two to three months to fall back to what is actually long-term support at 221 even, that is a three-year channel bottom that actually contained the December lows and could once again contain selling into later year if tested 221 even. A two to three month target if we close below 245 even, which is a scenario I'm not expecting this week. I expect to see 267.07 before we test 245 even. And uh, I think that pretty much rounds it out.
0: Good stuff, Kerry. A lot of targets out there to keep an eye on. So we appreciate that a bunch, buddy. We'll talk to you next week.
7: All right. Very good. Take care.
0: All right. Kerry Artak, Artak Advisory. Man, some of those numbers that he's kicking out in feeder cattle. Good grief, Mm -hmm. Davis
1: yeah
5: ooh,
0: man um, some big numbers to watch in there that that is for sure and and well you know on the downside when you start talking about 380 and in corn and may corn mm-hmm. that's uh that's something to pay attention to as well all right national weather service six to ten day outlook for march third through the seventh is that yeah yeah wow
1: yeah that's us
0: That's us. We're there now, bro. (laughs) We've got above normal temperatures expected in the Corn Belt. Uh, The higher odds of above normal temperatures are to the east and northeast of the Corn Belt. And then above normal precipitation, the elevated odds of above normal precipitation right down the Mississippi River, Illinois, uh, Iowa, Minnesota. So pay attention to that. Real quick, on the 8 to 14 day, the above-normal temperatures stick around for March 5th through the 11th. Hey, thanks for listening today. I'm going to be traveling tomorrow. Davis is going to talk land values with Doug Hensley and the economy with Dr. Vince Malenga tomorrow morning right here on AgriTalk. I'll talk to you next from Houston and Commodity Classic.